1: What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
2: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. Green Zone presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. Wes Reynolds alongside, not physically, but alongside for the broadcast out there at Mandalay Bay. All right, Wes, uh, before we get to some of the updates, we do have four games kicking off at this 1 p.m. Pacific time slot. Uh, Not the Mm -hmm. sexiest of contests, but we should note uh, a couple of the closing lines. And I think the more intriguing one uh, is this Missouri team taking on Central Michigan. Closing is about a 14-point favorite against uh, the chips. And when you look at this from Missouri's perspective, you know this is a team that returns a quarterback, that returns some good personnel offensively and I think is going to be an intriguing and competitive team in the SEC, only a two touchdown favorite though, so it's a relatively solid test to see what Mizzou's is going to be made of here.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, one uh, note here today, Jim McElwain, the Central Michigan head coach, is not going to be with the team due to a positive COVID-19 test, and uh, same with uh, Lane Kiffin, by the way, that game is on Monday night against Louisville, so he is not going to coach, so, uh, you know, you really haven't seen a ton of movement. Uh, with this line I believe it's going to go off as Missouri at minus 14 but one game here the 1 p.m. Pacific 4 p.m. Eastern kickoffs that you are seeing some movement you and I brought this up yesterday on my guys in the desert right here on v if you recall on Thursday night Tulsa played UC Davis and got beat actually outright as about 22 point favorites UC Davis of FCS gets the win in Tulsa 19 to 17 Tulsa played in that uh, I believe it was the Armed Forces Bowl And if you remember that bowl late in 2020, there was a big post fight brawl after the, or post game brawl really at the end of the game between all these players and a ton of guys were involved. So you're seeing the other team in that Mm -hmm. game against Tulsa in that Armed Forces bowl, that being Mississippi State. Money for Louisiana Tech is hitting the market now. I think this was 23.5, 23 this morning. This is going to close 20.5, and and then I believe for the first half, it has gone all the way down from 13.5 to about as low as 10.5 at a faraway place and basically like 11, 11 11.5. So... I'm trying to identify the players here, but I think that's getting bet because I believe we're going to have some suspensions for Mississippi State, at least in the full first half. Uh, I assume that that's at least a big reason for the move here. I have not been able to confirm the players will try to do that if that comes across here and on our various wires, but That's what I think the market is betting here. So Louisiana Tech now down from 24 to about 20, 20 and a half.
2: I like it. We should note too. uh, So one of the uh, aspects that I figured was going to um, play out here between Alabama and Miami West was that Alabama was going to lean on the running game a little bit more, and they have. Uh, they've run it. Uh, they've run it quite a bit here on this drive. Problem is uh, Miami can't really stop at 6.4 per pop for Alabama early on right. against this front seven right. of Miami. So we'll see. Manny Diaz throwing out the hand signals, calling the plays. Uh, we will see if this uh, ends up being a little bit better. And by the way, third and six turns into fourth and six for your Hoosiers getting off the field here, huh?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a team that is quality, at least in terms of that back seven. Probably one of the best in the conference, but they do get a stop on the run, and that's kind of what you're worried about. Nice play by Lane up there to come back from the safety position to get a stop. So, uh, Hoosiers not done yet. Can't hang their heads. Uh, don't listen to me on the air, guys, because we're down 7-0. And it's like, ah, same old Indiana. You know, 40-plus years of uh, watching predominantly bad football, if your alma mater will do that to you. Uh,
2: yeah, well, the <laughs> The dejection that I heard from you, uh, it's pretty good. At least, hey, you know what? At least
0: you I, care. I I
3: know. Yeah, I know. I was trying to keep it hidden. We're trying not to be a homer here for uh, any of our alma mater. And, I, you know, there was a reason I didn't bet this because I thought that line was right. But nevertheless, 14 nothing Iowa, Indiana will take over, 8-12 left to go in the first quarter. Uh, still trying to identify if there's suspensions are in effect for Mississippi State. But I think that that is a big reason why you saw that happen. By the way, Alabama does get held to three points here. So now a 10 nothing lead in the Georgia Dome over the U. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, Bryce Young escaping pressure, getting
2: some time, throwing in the back of the end zone, tipped off the hands of a Miami defender, almost an interception in the end zone. But like you said, 10 nothing, Alabama over Miami. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to follow up on your point about uh, Indiana. At least you care because it's just apathy out here in, uh, in, in Vegas. One of the highlights of my right. life when I was a child, watching BYU paced UNLV like 55-10 to 10 out <laughs> of the old Sam Boyd Stadium. Uh, it does not exactly uh, stir the
3: fandom in you for college football. So we'll see what happens there. All right. BYU used to paste everybody. By yeah. the way, we have an early touchdown, uh, Missouri. Uh, I believe, uh, Missouri is already on the board. Uh, and it was that quick. It was like 30 seconds in. So, uh, uh, Missouri does get on the board. They're up 7-0 over well, CMU.
2: Let's reset this. It's the green zone here on v the Sports Betting Network. So, Wes, one of the things that I wanted to discuss with you is we're 30 minutes from kickoff between UL and Texas, and we're going to get to San Jose and Southern Cal. That's a 2 p.m. kick. That's going to be pretty intriguing in our final hour here on the air. Uh, but let's discuss some of the news of the day. We'll get to baseball as well because it's a full slate there. Uh, your thoughts, though, as Lane Kiffin, uh, you know, one of the rare teams that we should know for Mississippi – vaccinated, reportedly, but Lane Kiffin Mm -hmm. has a positive COVID test, so he is not going to be able to coach the team. What is the expectation here for Mississippi now as we look forward to this matchup? Because without Lane Kiffin, uh, we know how involved he is with this offense, how great he is, and he has talked Mm -hmm. about, hey, you know, look, we have extra time to get ready for this, blah, 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 blah. Uh, But still, a mind like Kiffin with his fingers all in the paint for this team now that's going to be interesting to watch what Ole Miss is going to be able to bring to the table on Monday against Louisville. They have plenty of time to get ready without Kiffin, but they're a 10-point favorite here against the Cardinals now with a total of 76. Any market moves, by the way, with the news of Kiffin?
3: Yeah, I haven't really seen very much. It's pretty much been stagnant. By the way, you mentioned that total, 75 and a half, 76, nope. 75 and a half at BetMGM and also at Stations. That's a market low. But if you look, what you mentioned about Ole Miss is that he has his finger on the pulse. Lane Kiffin, regardless of what you think of him as a character as a coach, he's a very good play caller and a very good play designer, and he proved that last year. Matt Corral is kind of one of those – I guess, un, you know, sexy kind of dark horse picks if you're not going with the chalk, like the Spencer Rattlers or the Sam Howells or the JT Shrouds or the Bryce Youngs to win the Heisman. He's a little bit down the board in that that 20-1, to 25-1 to 1 range is basically where I saw Corral. And he's going to put up big numbers, but the thing is, can Ole Miss be about a 10-win team? Because... You really, even if you put up great numbers, John, if you're eight and four or seven and five, you're not getting a Heisman trophy, despite the fact that you may put up really stellar numbers, but they're getting Louisville here who really took a step back. And by the way, uh, uh, You know, a little bit of an upset fan base there in Louisville because Scott Satterfield flirted with a couple other jobs after he had just come in from Appalachian State and flirted with a couple jobs last year. And that didn't go really well in Louisville. So I'm interested to see if this team bounces back. Mikhail Malik Cunningham is going to be the quarterback. He does return. So, you know, I have not yet bet this game, but obviously with uh, Kiffin not being able to call the plays here, you haven't really seen much move in the market. Maybe it's kind of like, okay, out of sight, out of mind, because this game is not until Labor Day on Monday night. So that's probably why you haven't seen much of a move as of yet. All
2: right, so the 1 p.m. Pacific time games are all underway, 1.30 p.m. approaching, so we'll get kickoffs for games like Texas – and Louisiana. Uh, we'll get back to college football and track it throughout the day, but let's uh, switch gears, Wes, uh, to Major League Baseball because we have a full slate of games, of course, on this Saturday. Series that hold a lot of weight for a lot of these teams. Uh, I want to get to a game that's actually going to, we're going to see first pitch here uh, in about, I would call it two hours from now because pretty much all the early games are underway. Indians, Red Sox about to get started. Boston looks like it's going to close like a ninety-five favorite. Hauk on the Hill for the Red Sox. Eli Morgan for Cleveland. Before we move on to the later games, did you have anything here?
3: Uh, I did not. Okay. Uh, I'm just kind of looking around the pulse of uh, of baseball right now. Uh, by the way, the Yankees do have a run in the seventh inning, so it's yep. now three to one. O's were shutting them out, but Void uh, is uh, at the dish and pinch hitting roll. Two guys on for the pinstripes, by the way, only one out. So, bottom of the seventh, Orioles still leading the Yankees here, three to one. Obviously, uh, as a $3 favorite at some spots, which Jordan Montgomery and the New York Yankees were today, this is not. Not one you wanted to drop. We were talking about this yesterday. Very easy schedule, or at least easier than a lot of their pursuers for the wildcard spot. Very easy schedule for the New York Yankees. A couple different series with the Baltimore Orioles. You surely don't want to blow one here. So let's go to
2: some of the uh, later games that we're going to see, because I'm really intrigued just to watch what's going to happen for Tyler McGill and, and the New York Mets. It's not so much the team, but you know McGill, Wes, had been a guy who, especially, I think it was July, who had been absolutely unreal for the Metropolitans it really mm-hmm. carried this team. It was actually August, excuse me, 104 ERA over six starts in August, uh, five starts. Uh, but it, the numbers were solid across the board. He had only given up one earned run and three of those five outings to shut out his opponents and the others, and uh, two of those three earned runs courtesy of solo shots. But August was not the same. You're talking about a 644 ERA. You're talking about just getting wrecked in certain spots, like the two, uh, three and two-thirds outing against the San Francisco Giants a couple of weeks ago. There were signs of regression for a guy like McGill. And keep in mind, by the way, you see the score on the screen. That's a 97 score right now. This is a doubleheader that they're playing today. So the one Mm -hmm. we're speaking about, the second leg of a doubleheader that's going to get started in about two hours from now. But what have you made of McGill, the regression, and what this means now going forward for starts like this, is the regression real to the point where he's just a guy that you don't want to play on?
3: Yeah, and it's no real surprise here because I think you kind of – you know, punched above his weight, if you want to call it, John. Uh, but nevertheless, they are getting bet because Washington looks like they're going to go with the bullpen game with Rogers, the left-hander, uh, on the mound here. So that's why you've seen a little bit of a movement to the Mets. But uh, let's go to the first game that is still ongoing here, the bottom of the sixth. Uh, New York Mets led nine and up in here. This was Stroman against Fetty was the early matchup here in the doubleheader. And right now the uh, Nationals got three runs in the fourth. Four runs in the sixth. So now we're going bottom of the seventh here. Nine to seven. Mets going to try to hang on here. Uh, We talked about Brad Hand yesterday, or we were talking about the Blue Jays bullpen. He got let go. Brad Hand has uh, two thirds of an inning, uh, has given up two hits and eight pitches. So we'll see if he is going to be uh, put back out there, or if they say aloha, Mr. Hand, and put somebody else out there for the New York Mets. Bottom of the seventh, the Nationals Park, nine seven, Uh, Metropolitan.
2: No, Nationals who uh, were down, or uh, excuse me, were up. Up six to nothing the other day and blew it now trying to uh, force yes. an opponent to blow their own lead of nine nothing at this point right now uh, other games later in the day in terms of major league baseball and, and we, you should know too like some of the bigger games right top of the first inning Tampa Bay Rays it's scoreless between those two uh, the Athletics a wild game yesterday against the Toronto Blue Jays Blue Jays uh, now up four nothing over Paul Blackburn and the Athletics Blackburn. It, it's just it's an experiment that hasn't really been working for Blackburn. Numbers-wise, has not been very good, and uh, the results have been exactly the same. You already mentioned the Yankees and the Orioles. Would have made a Ranger Suarez up to this point, Wes. A, a nice addition to the starting rotation for the Phillies. 148 ERA up to this point on the year, but he's been rock solid for Philadelphia. who took one on the chin yesterday against Miami. He opposes Trevor Rodgers. Uh, That game was high scoring early on, but ultimately it's the Marlins who get the cash. Uh, What are you expecting
3: today between Philly and Miami? Yeah, and you're right about Suarez. He was in the bullpen, and they go, went ahead and put him into starting rotation. And uh, just looking at his year numbers here, 203 on the ERA, 394 on the XFIP. So you are expecting at least a real regression. Same with Trevor Rodgers, though. Yep. 245 ERA, 355 on the XFIP. Under getting bet here uh, at 7.5. I'm seeing as low as a 7.5 minus a dollar twenty juice to that under. So... I'm not sure I necessarily, and actually it's minus 125 to the under at the Westgate, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that move, actually. I would lean to the over here. I think it's priced about right, minus 120 for Ranger Suarez on the road. We know Miami well out of the playoff picture, 23 games under 500. Philadelphia all of a sudden showing some life at 69-65. and Braves still winning in Colorado, though, so still two games back of the Braves. But the Phillies right in that wild-card mix, it looked like it was going to be a two-team race for that second wild-card spot between the Reds and the Padres. But now all of a sudden the St. Louis Cardinals are in the Mix and also the Philadelphia Phillies. So I think the price is right. I do have a small lean to the over, though. Wes Reynolds,
2: you hear that, everybody? Voice a little bit more life in it. Is it because your Hoosiers are on the
3: board? Not, not really, because I thought they should have got a touchdown on that drive. But Mike, yeah. Michael Penix, uh, he just throws the ball too hard. It is very frustrating. But uh, nevertheless, they're not going to get shut out. At least, uh, you know, kind of hanging in the game and hanging around with these guys. But it's going to be up to the defense to get stops because Iowa is not necessarily a juggernaut offensively. But we were talking about this over the break. They're a very difficult team to come back from a deficit against, though, because they run the ball so well, and they're a very good defense. So it's like when they get a decent-sized lead, it's a lot bigger lead than maybe abnormal because this is not a team that goes tempo, tempo, tempo. Mm-hmm. This is a team that runs the ball, plugs and chugs, moves the chains, and so far that is what they are doing. 14-3, uh, to 3, by the way, and let me get a couple quick scores. I know that we haven't touched on this yet. Rice uh, was kind of a yep. trendy underdog from some sharp guys today that I heard about, and those uh, that trendy underdog is certainly uh, following the trend here, and they're not only covering but winning the game, 17 to 14 mid third quarter. Over Arkansas and Arkansas, I think was 19 and a half, 20 point favorite is where they closed. But uh, Rice now leading seventeen to fourteen. We also have a tie game in Autzen Stadium. Fresno State, a very live underdog, and we mentioned that yesterday. First half, they ended up covering because it's like they got a game under their belt, and the other team is dealing with first game jitters. That materialized, and that right now twenty one to twenty one. Oregon's got a date with the Buckeyes in Columbus next week, but uh, got some business to take care of here. Like it,
2: it's a good. So state team man really solid so and they are playing the part perfectly right now uh also you know when you look around the board too uh the miami offensively west kind of scuffling early and it's only you know minute 50 left to go in the first but one of the things that we discussed is what you were going to get out of miami uh offensively with the eric king coming off of that acl injury right now it's been pretty
3: uneven yeah yeah absolutely so uh Alabama, And look what you see with Alabama, too. This isn't necessarily just pass, pass, pass. And we kind of thought that with Bill O'Brien. He's going to try to be a little more balanced. He's probably going to try to run a little bit more pro style. Because Bill O'Brien, I don't believe, wants to be a college football head coach again. He wants another shot at the NFL. And he's going to run a little more pro style. And, boy, uh, Bryce Young might have got away with one there. Because that was about to be returned for six by the U and, an or- and a bunch of orange jerseys and got away incomplete pass 125 by the way left to go here in the uh, not the Georgia dome the uh, Merce- or whatever the name is in Atlanta the uh, the indoor stadium down there in Atlanta so this is a neutral site game 10 enough and, and by the way don't have an adjusted spread right now just a total 57 and a half and there we go Alabama minus 26 and a half in game here at BetMGM
2: Mike it, uh looks like a uh, I don't know what that call was I didn't see but it was a flag I believe on Iowa so We'll see uh, what is going to happen. But a first and 10, I believe, for the Hawkeyes. Keep you up to date there uh, on that. So let's continue to roll through the baseball card uh, as there are some big ones. Let's go to the biggest one on the board. So yet again, Wes, last night, the San Francisco Giants just pull a rabbit out of the hat, right? And and by the fault of the Dodgers, too. Justin Turner with a couple of base-running blunders that I didn't really understand, right? Especially when you were on third, where you don't want to make those base-running mistakes. And the Giants pull one out on a throwing arrow yesterday. So now they get the Dodgers yet again, a slight lead there in the NOS. But the, the Dodgers, man, you gotta be kicking yourselves here. You got a dollar sixty-five price tag on a Reus. I don't know if you have seen yet. Uh, who is going to roll out for the San Francisco Giants. Looks like it's going to be uh, a similar, somewhat Johnny Holstaff type of game here for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do you make of this matchup yeah. here with Arias? Because Arias has been solid, but this Dodgers team, man, when they're taking on San Francisco, things just happen that work in San Francisco's favor. And again, it happens last night.
3: It is going to be, as you mentioned, JVT, Jay Jackson uh, out yep. of the bullpen. So this is going to be likely one of those bullpen games where you might pitch a couple innings and then uh every Basically, a a staff by committee here is where it's going to be for San Francisco. Julio Urias is on the mound for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And, look, uh, we knew that they were probably going to get caught, the San Francisco Giants. But, you know, it's kind of like a car race. Getting caught and getting passed are two different things, Mm -hmm. necessarily. So, uh, the Giants... uh, Look, they, they have been pulling rabbits out of hat, and yeah, they've had some lucks, but you know, Gabe Kapler has pushed a lot of the right buttons with these guys this year, and you've had a lot of pitchers that have been reclamation projects that were kind of like, one man's trash is another team's treasure, De Sclafani, Gaussman. Uh, Webb, Alex Wood. These guys have all have all been really good. and You see the Giants here still with the one game lead. Haven't really seen a lot of movement though on the game. I think the Dodgers opened like 160 in the overnight. That's pretty much where it is across the board. Check your shop. 160, 165, even some 155 out there. So nothing yet for me with this pitching exchange. I got to do a little bit more digging. But San Francisco's not going away. The Dodgers are going to have to earn that. They're not going to be giving it to, or giving it to him yep. rather. Yep.
2: Uh, by the way, really quickly, uh, Bubba Bolden flagged for targeting. So Alabama is going to get pushed down a little bit further downfield, squaring up to hit an Alabama runner, but Alabama runner is falling down as he squares up to hit him. So it's helmet-to-helmet contact for the back of the helmet, mm-hmm. and uh, that is a targeting call. So Alabama bit, looks like we'll be moving a little bit further down the field. So 10 nothing lead there for Alabama. Uh, the pace is what we want here, Wes. I think this is kind of playing out the way uh, you're hoping early, a 10 nothing lead for Alabama after the first. Um, so feeling relatively solid. Do you have an update on this? This is where at the end of the quarter between these two. Is there an update on the 57.5. Yeah.
3: Makes a yeah, lot of sense. Yeah, 57.5. 26 and a half on the spread, basically what it was now that this looks like this drive is going to continue for Alabama with that uh, targeting call. And that's kind of been one of the big early stories of college football. A lot of targeting reviews as as if these college football games aren't long enough with the clock stopping <laughs> after every first down from the opening kickoff until the end of the game. A couple scores to get into as well still tied middle of the third quarter Autzen Stadium 21 apiece between Fresno State and Oregon Fresno minus six and a half minus $1.20, dollar 62 and a half the current in-game total Central Michigan has responded to that early Missouri score now seven apiece there just five minutes in in Columbia Missouri minus 11 and a half 67 and a half on the current total about to uh, about two minutes away from getting to the end of the first quarter in Iowa City Iowa still leading 14 to three Cincinnati all over Miami of Ohio 21 to nothing about to start the second quarter. So, uh, Cincinnati carrying the banner at least early for the group of five that maybe their a chance they can be a playoff team at least off to a good start today. Maryland, by the way, now 17 to 7 yeah. over West Virginia. Just 39 seconds left to go in the first quarter. Maryland now a one and a half point favorite in game.
2: Uh, Your Hoosiers just get off the field here, forcing incompletion. I think it was Williams on the play, breaking it up. So 14-3 lead for Iowa. They're going to punt it back to Indiana. Two quick personnel notes, Wes, that we should talk about. One, Bubba Bolden has been ejected. He is uh, done for the game. It has been confirmed targeting. And Kayvon Thibodeau, some who believe is the top prospect in this coming NFL draft, uh, he is in street clothes wearing a walking boot. So Oregon uh, already flirting with some danger here against Fresno. State loses their best defensive player in Kayvon Thibodeau. So that is a story that we will watch progress as the day continues. Alright, we'll come back. You know, I've teased it. I haven't talked about it yet. Let's get to it. I uh, can't wait to watch what this USC San Jose State game has in store for us. We'll get Wes's thoughts on the other side here on the Green Zone.
1: the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is
2: going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa
4: he says somebody's in the house and i screamed
0: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare hey guys this is
5: matt jones drew franklin from the fade this podcast we got a great episode coming up picks in all the sports football basketball we do them all but here's a preview of this week's episode It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: presented by BetMGM. Jonathan Von Tobel filling in today and tomorrow. Wes Reynolds alongside as well. A lot going on, Wes. A lot going on. Let's go to baseball really quickly because we were just talking about this game. It is official. The 9-0 lead that the New York Metropolitans won held has been blown. It is now 9-9 between New York and Washington. And they still got one more to
3: play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Stevenson, a two-run shot. They did uh, say aloha to Mr. Han and took him out of the game, but they put Seth Lugo in, and he gives up a two-run shot to tie the game. Now we are going extras in D.C. 9-9 your score as the Mets kind of, you know, they were everybody. You know, my my Met fan friends were talking about the fact that, hey, you know, maybe they're not out of it. They're at least back to 500, still hanging in. Obviously, uh, this would be this would be a devastating loss. You never want to overdo one game when it's a 162 game season. But a nine nothing lead at uh, through four innings, and then all of a sudden that lead is now gone. And uh, speaking of a New York team, by the way, the New York Yankees when they had two runners on there in the bottom of the seventh, nothing doing for the Yankees. So now. Now, Orioles lead three to one. One run on one hit for the for the Yankees uh, this afternoon. Been absolutely shut down, and it was an infield single by Glaber Torres that scored Rizzo in the bottom of the seventh. So now the Orioles going to the bottom of the eighth. Three to one lead in the stadium.
2: And uh, as we speak, uh, the Crimson Tide uh, they are at it again. Touchdown! Bryce Young slings a uh, relatively short touchdown pass. at Alabama up 16 to nothing extra point pending nine yard touchdown reception from Cameron light to, so we will see if the crimson tide can tack on that extra point, go up 17 to nothing with 14, we'll call it 14, 12 left to go in the second quarter. So that targeting penalty, a uh, bubble bold and ejected, of course, probably would have helped on that play and uh, did help on that drive as Alabama got some extra yards from that and their offense. And they have this three score lead and uh we'll call it a pretty sad showing up to this point for Miami, a team that had some bigger thoughts about what this Mm -hmm. season could be, Uh, but same old Alabama West. (laughs) It's it's ridiculous. You just re It's not even retooling. I don't even know what you call it, but same old Crimson Tide.
3: Yeah. Retooling, reloading, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Re-beating down opponents here in opening games is what they're doing. So now 17-0 and already on Miami, and uh, you know this just looks like men against boys and two of the more prominent programs in the history of college football. But uh, Miami not yet quite on that level with Alabama. So 17-0, 14-12 left to go in the second quarter. We do have an adjusted price by the way up at BetMGM. Alabama minus 30 and a half point favorites, a dollar 30 big attached to that. 61 and a half your total. That was pretty much what it was pre-flop. So uh, uh, that's where you go here. And uh, Alabama going to try to see if uh, that defense you can go ahead and shake them down. And that's what you and I like, JVT, is that we think this defense is going to be better. Speaking of a game with not a lot of defense, uh, already 31 points in the first quarter via West Virginia and Maryland. The Terps leading 17-14 to 14 after just 15 minutes. Minus one and a half for the Terps in the end game. 75 and a half your total. I think this closed like 56. I'll race 75 and a half between the Mountaineers and the Terps in College Park. Yes,
2: sir. So Fresno State, by the way, driving 236 left to go on the third, third and five at the Oregon 43-yard line. So we'll see if Jake Hanner and company can convert that. So with that, let's spin this forward, Wes, as we do have a Mountain West team taking on another Pack 12 opponent. That would be San Jose State taking on USC. That gets started in 30 minutes. Your initial thoughts as the Spartans were catching fourteen in this spot here against Southern Cal, because I like this. I like this SJSU team, man. They are my pick to win the Mountain West Conference in our and our guide. A lot of returning personnel, just like many of these teams on both sides of the ball. Nick Starkle has played power five football before. I don't think a spot like this would be too big and i think this is a game that means a lot for the san jose state team already with the game under their belt by the way so the blood is warm the bodies are ready to go i just i, I think this san jose state team might be pretty live wanted to see what this market would do and it's been stuck at 14 for a
3: while after opening 16 and a half you mentioned Nick Starkle previously played at University of Arkansas who by the way four minutes left to go in the third quarter they are getting beat at home by rice 17 to 14 rice a little bit less than a three touchdown underdog but back to San Jose State and USC San Jose State one of those teams that did play last week they did play against uh, Southern Utah at the FCS and uh, handled them pretty easily if you look at the numbers it was 45 to 14 543 to 250 yards edge for uh, San Jose State over Southern Utah so does that kind of work to what we saw with Fresno State and Oregon right now in nip and tuck game all tied up at 21 here in the third quarter so you, you know uh, I did not bet this game I know you're high on the Spartans I have seen some respected money I think 14, though, probably a little bit too low for me to take with San Jose State in this spot. Derrick King is sacked, and he fumbles, and
2: Alabama is going to get this ball back with a short field west, so we'll see the Crimson Tide can stack onto this, button. a just awful performance from Miami's offense early on against Alabama. We'll come back, update that, and much more here on the Green Zone. Time start planning your football contest strategy. The VCN Pro Football Guide is the perfect way to start. Our Vison experts have won major football contests around Las Vegas. Our guide will give insight on against the spread contests as well as Survivor pools to give you a winning edge. Download the NFL guide today for only $19.99 or get VCN all access and everything we offer for the entire football season. Go to VCN.com slash subscribe. Updates, updates, updates. First off, Wes in a state of depression. Eight plays, 48 yards, 324. That's all it took. For Iowa to get right downfield, take a twenty-one to three lead over the Hoosiers. Eleven fifty-four left to go in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Also, the shortened field that the Alabama defense gave themselves. It ends up in a field goal, which looked like it was going to be shanked, but ultimately was not. So it's a twenty to nothing lead for Alabama. Should also note there, West. That one, Dear King, went to the injury tent with a really bad lift yes. after that sack and fumble. Did come out of it. Looks like he is going to go back into the game. So not lost, but a little banged up as Dear King. And again, offensive line hasn't really held up. Actually... The offensive line hasn't been great for Alabama either, but they have a really young and athletic quarterback who has made things work. Uh, but the offensive line for Miami has not held up in any way whatsoever. And Derek King taking some punishment on a knee that was just surgically repaired so about eight months ago or so after tearing it in a bowl game, the ACL. Uh, so not a great start there for Miami and not something you want to see, your quarterback coming off of a serious injury and a little banged up already.
3: Yeah, and uh, to your point there, let me give a live uh... – in week game wagering update here from BetMGM. 20 to nothing here, 12 minutes left to go in the first half. Alabama minus 31.5 in the in game and 61.5 on the total, which is basically where it was in terms of where it closed before uh, the opening kick here in Atlanta. Also, you mentioned Indiana, Iowa, Iowa, 21 to 3. Iowa minus 17 and 57 and on the total. And really what you can see with the Iowa, they went for it fourth and two on the 20, Kirk and on Indiana 20. Kirk Ferentz, usually seen as a conservative coach, and he absolutely went for it because I think what he knows is what you're basically seeing if you're watching this game. Iowa much more physical at the point of attack than Indiana is, and that's why you're seeing a 23-1-3 lead for the Hawkeyes. We are now into the fourth quarter also on Austin Stadium, all tied right at 21 between Fresno State and Oregon.
2: Yeah, for those who are just joining us, uh, I do think that the story for this you know, Oregon matchup between against Fresno State, uh, not so much just the fact that this game is tied and the fact that Oregon was hovering around a uh, three-touchdown favorite, it's the fact that uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, arguably, I think, the best player, if we're just talking offense, defense, uh, in the country. Mm-hmm. It looked like he was going to be the top pick, potentially, west in the NFL draft. Seems like a serious foot, leg, uh, ankle injury in a boot and, of course, in street clothes. So that is the development there for this Oregon defense who is down to that 6.5-point favorite in-game after closing about 20.5 over Fresno State. And you talked about trendy selections. I don't think Fresno State was trendy, but the market did move in their direction here.
3: Yeah, and I think rightfully so, and they covered the first half. And look, you wrote the Mountain West preview uh, for the uh, Beeson College Football Betting Guide, and I know you like San Jose State, and there's a couple other teams at the top there. Uh, UNR is going to play later tonight. That's uh, Nevada against Cal. And then, of course, Fresno stayed here second year with de DeBoer, who was the former offensive coordinator at Fresno under Jeff Tedford, then had a sojourn at Indiana as the offensive coordinator. Now back, uh, William Inge came from the Indiana staff out to Fresno with DeBoer, so you know, new coordinators basically on both sides of the ball in their second year. Last season, you know, didn't have a lot of games. I I I think they might have only played like four or five games last year, Fresno. So we thought that this team was going to be improved, but certainly as a three-touchdown underdog here in Autzen Stadium, Oregon, of course, has the big showdown in Columbus against Ohio State next week. Uh, lot on their plate before they can look forward to that game, as it's now all tied at 21 just 15 minutes ago.
2: Yeah, another injury update here too. Pretty big. Walk- uh, if this is going to be uh, pretty long. Christopher Allen, linebacker for Alabama, is carted off of the field, comes out of the medical tent. So another injury to keep note of. Uh, good defensive player for the Crimson Tide. They all are. But Christopher Allen, a big role player for them. So we'll see what the development is there. As uh, the third and ten for Miami is not going to be converted. They're going to be held to now 0-3 on third downs. And they're going to punt this back to the Crimson Tide offense down 20 to nothing with 10-11 left to go in the fourth, or excuse me, uh, second quarter. So with that, Wes, uh, we have a lot to get to. We have a lot of these games that are kicking off later. Let's get to the big game of the day. Uh, that's going to be Clemson, and that's going to be Georgia. Uh, what do you? what you? Um, what'd you make of this line move? Now that we're through this three, and now we're sitting at two and a half. I'm not necessarily surprised, right? We had this conversation earlier. Three's not as key in college football. I think the higher level of the game, though, you get the more key the three becomes. Um, but we're through this three, and Clemson dominates at minus 2.5 on the board with a total of 51.5. Clemson has their own injury issues. You mentioned rumors about injuries. One of the rumors is that Justin Ross might not be available for this game. Uh, we haven't seen an official update from any of the other personnel that might be missing for Clemson. But we know about the personnel missing for Georgia, especially depth of that keeper, uh, those skill positions. So where are you at with this game? I'm sitting on Clemson minus three. Obviously not the best number, especially now that it's ticked down to that field goal.
3: Yeah, the defense absolutely should be nasty for yes. Clemson with 10 returning starters. Probably, at least early on, going to be the strength of the team. But look... uh DJ is going to take over for Trevor Lawrence, and he had two starts last year. They did have that close call against Boston College and lost the uh, game in overtime at South Bend. But I think DJ is a good quarterback. Look, this kid was a five-star guy out of St. John Bosco High School. He's going to be just fine. There's not that much of a drop-off there, but you do have to replace a lot offensively. And J.T. Daniels, when he took over for Georgia, I know our buddy and colleague Matt Eumanns is not a really big believer in J.T. Daniels, but they were better, clearly, when he took over as quarterback last year from uh, Stetson Bennett and the kid Mathis, who's now starting for Temple. They were overwhelmed. So uh, if you look, uh, you know, the tight ends for Georgia, though, that would have been a matchup nightmare, I think, for Clemson are going to be out. Both defensive lines are going to have their way, I think, with the opposing offensive lines, which is why I do kind of lean to the under here in this spot at fifty-one and a half. Uh, if you remember Clemson's offensive line, they got controlled by Notre Dame last year. They also got controlled by Ohio State last year. So you do worry a little bit that the defensive line at the point of attack, if you're on the over here, is going to dominate on both sides, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, well, that front seven for Clemson is just going to be incredible. That linebacking core, relatively... Intact, like you were mentioning, like this is going to be. They, 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 I kept saying this in the offseason leading up to this game, Wes, is like, you know, we kind of know about DJ Uyangalalai because we saw him in those two games, and I think there's a really high ceiling there. But I know how good mm-hmm. I think this Clemson defense is going to be. Like, that's the known commodity, I think, yes. at this point for Clemson. Uh, eerily similar to Alabama, right? About five or six guys coming back, replacing a quarterback, like all those things. But we know how good this front seven is going to be for Clemson. And now it's just about how it faces up against this offense, missing some skill guys. And I do think this Georgia team is really high-ceiling defensively. Clearly, they're insanely talented. Yeah. But I think they're a little inexperienced. And in what that means in a first game like this against a quarterback that has started two games, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Pretty nifty catch for your Hoosiers. But, uh, again, mistakes first and 25. Last penalties have been kind of killing them at this point right now. What are we going to do? What are we going to do?
3: Never a shock, JBT here. Uh, so uh, 21-3 to Iowa over Indiana. Nine and a half to go in the second quarter. I've got faith, my friend.
2: i got faith. All right, we'll come back. We'll update all the scores. Keep
3: your abreast of everything
2: that's going down in college football and Major League Baseball. It's the Green Zone. Discover what winning feels like at BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because we're giving new customers any shot at an easy $100. Register using code VSIM100 win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 money line wager on any college football game and either team scores a touchdown. No matter what your gridiron game is, BetMGM is always ready for the action. Enjoy parlay selection, builders, daily promotions, boosted odds, specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code bsin 100 win $100 when you bet $1 on any college football game and either team scores a touchdown. Only at BetMGM, the King Sportsbook. New customer offer paid and free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Wes. I will throw it to you, my friend. I know that you were perusing the board. We have scores in Major League Baseball, of course. Uh, I think the story of the day is the fact that the Mets and Nationals are in extras. Uh, Yes, extras, Mm -hmm. because it's a seven-inning game. Doubleheaders, right? Um, After blowing a 9-0 lead, the New York Metropolitans are 9-9, not at all up. And the Yankees getting stuff done, huh?
3: They are. They did get two runs there in the uh, bottom of the eighth. It was a Joey Gallo two-run shot, but... Right now, Aroldis Chapman, the Cuban Missile there here in the top of the ninth, has now allowed the first three runners to reach. Uh, struck out Castle. He reaches on a wild pitch. Hayes with the single. Trey Mancini with the lock. Now bases loaded with nobody out. Baltimore Orioles 3-3 three three over the New York Yankees. Obviously, uh, the schedule in September we've talked about is – become easier for these guys, but you still got to play the games and get the results, and right now the Yankees uh, tied at three, and then I'll let it you go back to it. Uh, uh, looks like Latu into the end zone for Alabama. Miami yep. just has nothing for these guys. 26 nothing. the Tide are rolling. Yes, they are. So, extra point pending here. Second touchdown for Latu, and
2: uh, that is going to We'll see what the total is. Total was 57 and a half before that touchdown. Now we're up to back to 61 and a half. So it's, it's going to hover around here. Yeah. Now for me and you, this is all just about, okay. You know, it's funny. I used the score when we were talking about this yesterday, Wes, 45 to three. Like, I'll take it. It looks like that could be potentially what's going to happen mm-hmm. here between Miami mm-hmm. and Alabama. Uh, but now for anybody in our situation, who bet this under before the game started uh, 62. Did you have a first half under as well, by the way?
3: I did play a little first half under at 31 and a half. So, uh, about seven minutes left to go, or a little less than seven minutes left to go. It is 27 and nothing. And when we get that price at BetMGM, we'll go ahead and give that to you for those of you listening here to this very program, the Green Zone, and a couple other scores. Let's get in real quick. Do it. Update West what's Virginia, going on 20. in Oregon. Let's go. Come on. We got something brewing here. We do have something brewing right now. 24-21, to 21, 12 minutes left to go with uh, Oregon and Fresno State. So uh, Fresno State, uh, look, they were about a little less than three touchdown underdogs, and they're currently up 24-21. to 21. A couple other places I was going here. Arkansas has now just taken the lead over Rice. We are waiting for a repost on terms of the end game price. 23-17, I believe that's Arkansas' first lead of the day. Rice was kind of a trendy underdog a lot of sharp players liked, and they have been right so far. 23-17, though, Arkansas. Over Rice. Also 21-17, 10 minutes left to go between West Virginia and Maryland. West Virginia, the Mountaineers leading by four in that one. Mississippi State 14-7 over to Louisiana Tech, just now starting the second quarter. Mississippi State minus 20, 58 and a half the in-game total. Pitt up 13 to nothing on UMass. Pitt 41 and a half, 54 and a half the total in terms of the in play here at Bet MGM. Uh, really quickly, uh, just to clean that up, uh, Arkansas was up seven to nothing to start the game, uh, so that would be their second lead of the oh, day. Okay, okay, I wasn't sure if this was a wire to wire job, so it is their second lead of the day. So uh, glad you uh, you pointed that out. Uh, Alabama, Miami. Now we do have an adjusted price at BetMGM. Little less than seven minutes left to go. Twenty-seven zip tied over the Hurricanes, tied minus 36.5 on the in play here at BetMGM, 62.5, juice to the under, minus 125, the current total, so pretty much where it was pre-flop. First half total, by the way, you can do an in play on that one as well, 34.5, Alabama minus 29.5 for the first half.
2: Uh, And an update as well because um – Levi Lewis and the Ragin Cajuns had used some good chunk plays to get down inside the shadow of the goalpost for the Texas Longhorns, but a sack of Levi Lewis uh, has Louisiana. It looks like this is going to be a fourth down, and I will confirm this. But it is a uh, nil-nil tie between these two. Nine thirty left to go, and yes, yeah, so uh, Louisiana going to go for the field goal attempt here with eight twenty-eight left to go and rolling in the first quarter. So this is kind of what I was hoping for, Wes. You know, because I thought Texas at a pretty intriguing spot here. And was hoping for maybe a slow start and see what Hudson Card and the Longhorns can do going forward here. This is that kind of slow start as they trail three to nothing. So we'll see what the updated number is between these two clubs. Uh, But this is a good Louisiana team. And you expected a pretty good fight. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll see what the number's going to be. I would assume we're going to be floating around that seven and a half spread. Maybe a little bit less. Uh, Total 53 and a half. But that's suspended as of right now. But Uh, Louisiana, we knew this, right? This is a good club. They were going to come in and weren't going to be intimidated. And uh, this is a good start for Levi Lewis and company.
3: Yeah, they beat Iowa State Names last year as a big underdog. And and they also have a number by their name, which you don't see in the Sun Belt in Week 1. Number 23, the Ragin' Cajuns. Uh, Billy Napier has obviously done a really good job with this program. Spent some time with Dabo Swinney at Clemson. Also spent some time on Nick Saban's staff at Alabama. So, look, if you're going to get a young coach, you want somebody that comes from a winning culture. And uh, no programs have won more in the last 10 years in Alabama and Clemson. So, uh, Billy Napier trying to bring that culture. Culture, at least to Lafayette, Louisiana.
2: Yeah, updated number here. Texas uh, six and a half is the spread. Fifty-four and a half on the total, shaded to the over at minus one twenty-five. Money line still available there if you want. Just under three dollars on the Longhorns at minus two sixty in that matchup with Louisiana. All right, Wes. I'll ask you this. I'll quiz you. That's not even the quiz. It's a prediction. Will Miami get a first down on this drive against Alabama? <laughs>
3: Yeah, this isn't a prediction, uh, a prediction, not a spoiler necessarily. So uh, I do think they at least get one first down here. I sure as heck hope so because Lisa, I we want need them it. with the football. And, yeah, I want them with the football and not Alabama with the football because if Alabama keeps having the football, this might be 80 to nothing at this standpoint. But uh, uh, De'Ara King, they just asked a trivia question actually on this broadcast. Uh, De'Ara King, by the way, is 24 years old, and they're showing this now. I just happened to notice this six NFL week one starting quarterbacks younger than Derek King wow. who is uh, still playing uh, his uh, super senior is this his second super senior year Derek King 24 years old they're needing some veteran experience though because they have nothing going even though they do have first down nearing midfield about six minutes left to go here in Atlanta in this chick-fil-a kickoff game 27 nothing Crimson Tide.
2: So I've asked you about one of the late games. Let's go to the other late game as well, and like late-ish game, because we have one actually late game tonight at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time that I'm very excited for between Nevada and Cal. But regardless, LSU-UCLA. This has moved off of that three as well. LSU, a two-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 64. We know about LSU getting dislodged from their homes, right? Having to travel, go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Now having to go, of course, uh, out to Southern California to take on a Bruins team with a game under their belt, looking impressive. Uh, what, what, what were your thoughts on this matchup coming into today as the situation for LSU changed your mind, and what do you expect
3: coming out of the, this evening? It was not a surprise that UCLA was going to get the money. I think this open kind of around two in terms of the game of the year, got up to four, maybe in a couple four-and-a-halves. It was not a surprise to see UCLA get the money for a couple of different reasons. Number one, what you mentioned in terms of the hurricane displacement for the Bayou Bengals of LSU, but also the fact that UCLA did play a game last week. And, you know, you, you don't necessarily – I don't know how much you can take away from that Hawaii game, that 44-10, to 10, but UCLA did let the foot off the gas because, remember, that was 24 nothing in the first quarter – 244 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. Jack Charbonnet, over 100 yards, a transfer in from Michigan, now to UCLA. And UCLA's offensive coordinator, Justin Fry, actually a former uh, classmate of mine at Indiana, is the offensive coordinator for Chip Kelly. So look, offensive linemen, when they're coordinators, they tend to like to run the ball at least a little bit, and UCLA certainly did that. DTR, not great last week, 10 of 20 for 130 yards and a touchdown, but he really didn't have to throw the ball very much when that run game was clicking, absolutely from the get-go. LSU, LSU we know that defense was way down the year before they obviously had a generational offense in college football with uh, Joe Burrow and Joe Brady who have now taken their talents both to the NFL that defense was not very good and i think it's still very shaky so i can understand the reason why people are taking ucla now at 3 or at 3 or lower I would not be taking it. I think now you've kind of missed the party a little bit late. So if you're wanting to get on UCLA and you didn't get the number, maybe wait for an end game here. But I don't necessarily disagree with the move, but I wouldn't be taking two and a half when you could have had four, three and a half, three before. So a
2: couple of things. One, Wes, congratulations. You win the prize. Uh, Miami does indeed get a single first down on this drive. But the pressure, uh, too much for – it, the pressure for this Alabama team has been great against an offensive line that we figured was going to be a strength for Miami, right? Like there was some continuity right. along this front that was going to be a, a weapon for Miami, especially in front of a guy who had been injured, De'Ara King. Not the case. Another sack of De'Ara King puts them in a third and 18. They get six yards back but punted away on fourth and 12. we got a flag to sort out here, so we'll see what's going to happen. But Lou Headley uh, getting, his, getting his leg warmed up and ready to go. It's already, what, four punts now for the Miami punter at this point.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has certainly been uh, very busy, and it's probably going to stay busy based on how this Alabama defense. Uh, and we know they brought in a lot of experience back, but they got a lot of speed too. They are so fast. Just looking over at this game on Pursuit, Miami just can't get anything going. So 4:02 left to go in the first half, and now Miami gets a personal foul, I believe, on this <laughs> uh, on this fair catch. So uh, so adding more misery to Miami is. Uh, I guess I don't know if it's necessarily called a halo low rule, but apparently there was some kick-catch interference there, so Miami giving Alabama another 15 yards, which they don't need to do. Nope. As they're down 27 and nothing already. So uh,
2: this is, uh, when we watched, and this, uh, this is a big drive too, something we talked about, right? Uh, first half wise, from a total perspective, we only got about four minutes left to go in this first half. You pray that the mm-hmm. Hurricanes can at least, if you got this under, that they can force at least a one punch. stop, Give us something, yeah, you know,
3: one stop, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, because if Miami gets it back, they might kick a field goal to not get shut out, because you know how coaches are—they don't want to have that O—and they'll take that three, even though they're basically saying we surrender if they do that.
2: Yeah, Manny Diaz needs that moral victory, huh? Okay, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to. <laughs> we'll update what's going on in all of these college football games that are underway. Baseball too. It is the Green Zone here on Visa, and the Sports Betting Network.
0: If you dare.
4: plus